What is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Andres, and we're back with episode 27 of the Sports Fellas Podcast. And today, along with my co-host, Eric, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm finally back on my, you know, normal setup. I'm back up in my apartment, so it's good to be back. Yeah, bro. It's August. It's that time of the year where everyone's going back to school. Everyone's going up to school. Some people are starting high school. Good luck to everyone that's in their, in college, and high school, wherever you may listen to this podcast from. And today, along with our 23rd guest, my guy, Steven. How you doing, bro? Peace and blessings, everybody. What's going on with y'all? Living the dream, my man. I appreciate you coming along. You know, 23, just like Michael Jordan. Just like the greatest of all time. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. So today we're going to talk to you guys about the UFC fight, the Olympics, the NBA free agency, and one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, news in the world right now, which is Leo Messi finally leaving Barcelona after 21 years which is unreal. So let's get things started. On on Saturday, we witnessed UFC 265. On, on the main card, we witnessed Derek Lewis get his ass whooped, which was really crazy if you really think about it. Um, a lot of people were pulling for him. A lot of people thought that he shouldn't have been the underdog. We also saw Aldo. Um, he, he dominated Pedro like every single round, and I knew he should have been. He should have won unanimously, and he did. Luke made Chiesa tap, which is pretty cool. And then I know a lot of people don't like women's UFC, but it's pretty fire if you tune in. Um, Torres made, um, Torres smoked Hill as well. And then Song and Kenny, I think it was like a split decision. So, but Song ended up winning. Eric, what can you tell us about UFC 265? Um, I think, man, you know, so I'm from like the Houston area. I live like 45 minutes outside of Houston. So I was pulling for Derek Lewis. I've always liked Derek Lewis. You know, he like represents Houston pretty hard. Did he really? But man, he got whooped, bro. It wasn't even close. Like, and I kind of, I wanted to believe that he could win, but I think it was, yeah, Zane, he DM'd me before the fight talking about like, who do I think is going to win? Because I think he was playing on betting on it or something. I'm not sure. And we don't bet folks. <laughs> he told me like, he asked me who I thought would win, and I said I'm pulling for Lewis, but I think it's like a, I think I said 60-40 in favor of Gain or Ghana. I'm not sure. I hear different people say it different ways. Um, I said I thought it was like 60% his favor, so I thought Derek Lewis is the underdog. I thought he should be, because Derek Lewis. The thing is, he can. He's he kind of reminds me of Deontay Wilder in the fact that he's not up there technique-wise but he can land a shot and just drop you with one shot. Like Deontay Wilder's whole thing is, you have to be perfect for 12 rounds. I have to be perfect for two seconds. That's kind of Derek Lewis. Like he doesn't, I remember there was a fight, I can't remember who it was against, but he was losing the fight all the way up until the very end. And with like 20, 10 seconds left, he knocked the guy out and won the fight because that's just how he is. Like he's gonna have that power no matter what, but Cyril Gan, he was just, he was too technical for him. Like he, Lewis couldn't even get, any shots off on him really like it sucked to see but i wasn't all that surprised i'm sure Derek Lewis is gonna bounce back but the heavyweight division i mean between john jones stipe miocic uh francis and gun and now zero gone it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy them four are on top right now and i feel like there's no one else really on that level unless maybe uh jan blahovich maybe tries to move up eventually but i don't think he should do that i think he should stay in light heavy for a little bit okay steven thoughts on this fight my man Man, I was talking with my guys when we were watching the fight, and I was, like, initially, I was, like, worried for Gane, but then I started realizing what his technique was, and he was keeping a good amount of distance away from Derrick Lewis's wingspan, 
and he wasn't taking too many like blows and shots. He was very, very technical and fundamental with his approach, and he had a nice little game plan. He stuck to it, and he took advantage of the chances that he had, and he completely seized the moment. I was very surprised he caught off guard by it for sure. But he did his thing, got that dub, and in impressive fashion too. Yeah, I think I think the craziest thing about Lewis, I don't know if you guys realize that. But the whole fight, he was trying to look for the spinning hook kick like every single time or like a spinning roundhouse kick. And I was just like, bro, like, what are you doing? And he tried it like four or five times, even after like he went down, like in the in the third round, I think he went down. But um, before he got um, TKO'd and then before the, the call was, before the fight was called off. But I just feel like Ghanaian dominated from start to finish. I mean, if you see the stats during the match, like Derek Lewis only landed like two punches or two hits when Ghanaian had like 26, 27. Um, Eric, what about the Aldo um, Pedro fight? What did you think about that one? Oh, Aldo. I, so I like Aldo. I feel like Aldo is one of those like legends that kind of everyone just roots for. He's kind of a good guy. Everyone cheers for him. I like Pedro Munoz, but I was going for Aldo. And his, like, I don't want to say he looks like Prime Aldo because Prime Aldo was pretty, Prime Aldo was insane. But his defense was insane like he was one he's one of the best defensive fighters i've seen in a while like the recent form of him and i don't know his move down to bantam i think it was really good for him and feather he wasn't looking as good he started kind of i mean after the connor fight it felt like it went downhill a little bit and now he's finally like coming back up and i think the bantamweight though the thing about it is it's arguably like the most stacked division in the entire ufc like there's so many good guys like and there's so many up up like guys on the rise like Sean O'Malley for instance he's on the rise right now I, I mean I don't even know what rank Sean O'Malley is probably like 13 12 or something like that but there's so much talent in that division that if he can make that push and win and become champion in that weight class that's that's huge for his legacy like that pushes him up those all-time rankings real fast after his previous dominance he had in featherweight like I'm really excited to see where he goes from here he looks so good in the fight I, I was so happy to see it Absolutely. Steven, what do you think about this fight? Uh, I didn't really pay that much attention to this one. Not gonna lie. We <laughs> <laughs> was out there, we was at the bar eating, you know, doing our thing. Um, but what I do remember is that that fight kind of caught me off guard. Like, I was kind of watching it, kind of just not really paying too much attention to it. But it ended up being a little better than I thought it would be. One of my homies was talking about how he just kind of gave me like a little background story. You know, I was just looking at him like, wow, it's pretty, it's pretty solid, it's pretty solid, but yeah, I, I think, I think that Aldo was gonna, I thought, I thought Aldo won every round, and um, and I thought that he was gonna win unanimously like all three rounds. So I'm happy the the judges got that one right. And then um, Eric, the Luke Chiesa fight, the the right man won as well with a tap, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, going into this fight, I didn't know who was gonna win. I was like, I thought Luke maybe had the edge. I think on, there's this app called, I think it's Vertigo, where you can like make picks on the fights and you can earn points from and stuff. I picked yeah, him to win, but I picked- that app, dude. You what? You hate using that app. Bro, I picked him to win by decision though, cause I thought like, I didn't think he was gonna be able to finish him that quick, but it was smooth how he did. Cause I, I thought he was in trouble at first and then he managed to flip over real quick and get him perfectly. Like it felt like it happened so fast that I didn't even know how to react at first. Like it was a great showing by him. And he, I think he's a real problem in that division. I think. I think it's gonna, like, not in the same sense of Aldo, because I mean, we've seen Aldo like rise and fall already. 
I feel like Vicente Luque, he's on that rise right now, and we're about to see like how high he can go. And I think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna become champion because I don't know if he can make it that far. But he's gonna be he's gonna be like number one contender fighting for the interim belt, which I don't want to get into a rant. But the interim whole champion stuff is so stupid. I don't know why there's interim champions. It makes no sense. It's literally just like a glorified. <laughs> number one contender match and literally like for the Derek Lewis fight there was no reason for that to be an interim title fight they literally just wanted to make it a title fight so they could sell more pay-per-views because there was no need for it to be that they literally there wasn't an interim champ they just decided oh let's make one of them it and then he probably won't face Ngannou next so it doesn't even matter because John Jones is probably gonna face him next or Stipe again like it just it I don't know I don't get the whole interim thing but that's for another discussion I won't get into it too much <laughs> Steven, were you able to tune into this one? No, I was not able to see that one. I was actually on my way. <laughs> yeah, that. Where'd you go to see it? I went to uh, the Twin Peaks with my homies. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's fun. It's fun going out to places to watch it, though. Like, oh, you sure. hyped, man. Sure. Yeah, I went to my I went to my boys' crib. It was like six or seven of us. We were just, you know, drinking, having. Yes, we're over twenty-one, folks. For the, for the people <laughs> listening. Um, right. So we're just drinking, having a good time, um, and mm-hmm. watching the fight together. But <laughs> it is a good outing, you know. When you like, I didn't know much about UFC at first, but then learning from a couple of my friends, learning from Eric, I I find this for like very amusing. Um, but um, you, so you think Luke dominated that fight, Eric? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first round, it was like he looked good. I wouldn't say he completely dominated. I thought he was doing well though, and then. The way he like, I, it just felt like the ending happened so fast. Like right? it's hard to react. To like yeah. I don't know. I want to go back and rewatch that round. There's not much to really rewatch, but I want to rewatch it and see. And I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes. It, it'll be fun to see his next fight. I don't know who he's gonna fight, but another one. This is a little off topic. I saw Gilbert Burns and Leon Edwards talking trash on Twitter. I really want to see that fight. I think Leon Edwards and Gilbert Burns should fight, and then Usman and Covington, which I'm that fight's gonna be good. And then the winner of those fight each other for the belt. Like, I feel like that's the perfect setup, but UFC never does it the easy way. They always gotta make it complicated, so we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't McGregor post something about Aldo uh, on Twitter or something like that? After yeah, fight? I think he sent a tweet. Yeah, Wait, was yeah, it like good or bad? I think, yeah, it was a good, it was a good one. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, I thought he was talking trash again. I'm like, man. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he going at everybody. Yeah, he's he's different. This man is on one leg and he's trash talking to everyone in his past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of those people that I have no idea what he's gonna do next. Like he's gonna be able to sell fights no matter what he does. He could be on a ten fight losing streak. He's gonna sell fights and everyone's gonna want to watch. But man, he needs a win bad. Yeah, and one thing one thing about Connor, he's gonna keep that same energy. Oh, no matter what. Yeah, I mean he literally laying sitting on the floor with a broken leg talking shit about his talking life shit. and stuff. Come on, like it's yes, just sir. who he is. Your, your wife yes, was sir. in me DMs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, and I knew I was telling my brother, like I, because my brother he occasionally watches UFC. Like he bought me an Israel out of Sunday shirt actually and stuff. And I showed the post fight like of him sitting there, and I was like, and I told him I was like, you can really tell Connor's pissed because his accent was coming out heavy. Like he, and then even whenever like the camera went off him and they pulled the mic away, you could just hear Connor in the background go. Fuck him! Like he just—he was pissed, bro. Like he could not. Like I haven't seen him actually that mad in a long time about something. Yep, absolutely. Moving on to our second topic of the day. Unfortunately, the Olympics have concluded, but fortunately, T 
Team USA finished with the most gold. Um, Eric, can you tell the audience what event got Team USA the lead? Uh, it was, so the Olympics, I live in Texas, so central time zone for me. It The Olympics ended, the last event was uh, the, the men's water polo at like 2.30 a.m. I think at 11.30 was women's volleyball and USA won gold in that and that's what pushed us over the top. So I was like super heavy invested into the Olympics. Like I love the Olympics. It's one of my favorite things every year. And it sucks that the we Olympics have happened every, every, every four years. years. Yeah, every time. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. And I was super keeping up super heavy with it. And I was like counting every events, like seeing what USA had to do to win gold. And coming down to the last day, I my like prediction kind of was that it was going to finish. We were tied with China for golds, 38-38. And then I can't remember her name, but we won a cycling event right before the women's water women's volleyball match that put us at 38. And we were the favorites to win volleyball. And we ended up winning and it put us over the top to win the golds. Like it was it was crazy, especially because it's the first time ever women's USA volleyball team has won gold. So like they were showing like it was pretty cool actually. They were showing like all the former women that were part of the team like in the 90s and 80s were all like supporting them and like sending in videos and stuff it was pretty cool to watch and usa finished with 39 china finished with 38 it was it was crazy i do have one thing i want to say though it was so annoying because i was i like i love boxing I, you know that andres like i was watching a lot of the olympic boxing so this is the thing where mostly it's amateurs are there for Olympic boxing. Literally our heavyweight, our super heavyweight we had there, he was fighting a guy, I think he was from Uzbekistan. He literally had eight pro fights and he was ranked like 50 in the world as a super heavy. Why the fuck is he in the Olympics? And he's 27 years old. Usually it's like 22, 23 years old. And he won it, of course, because he's head and shoulders above everyone else. And he like fell down to his knees crying. I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? This is bullshit. I was pissed watching. I was like, and he almost lost too. He lost the first round. And the only reason he won the fight was because they gave a bullshit deduction to the US guy, Richard Torres. Man, I was pissed watching it, which that would have put us at 40 gold, but whatever. It is beside the point. He won silver, so shout out to him. But I don't know. I'm, I I, I want to try and get more into the Winter Olympics because that's coming up soon. But I don't know. It's just, it's never been as interesting to me as the Summer Olympics. Like, you can't really beat that. Yeah. Steven, were you tuning into the Olympics at all, my man? Yes, my favorite thing to watch was definitely the women's three on three basketball team. That was fire. That was so <laughs> yeah, fun. you got Stephanie Dawson, you got my girl Kelsey Plum, Ashley Gray, <laughs> Jackie Young. I'm a huge Kelsey Plum fan. That girl, she's like that. She is really like that. And uh, just watching them, you know, the pace is so different and like the rules and everything. It's like a, a unique brand of basketball, and then it's women playing on top of on top of that. You know, it just makes for a unique experience. And I feel like, I think it's only been around for like maybe five years now, but I think yeah. it's one of those sports that's up and coming for sure. Just yeah. a different, yeah. you know, change of pace from the five on five typical basketball. Yeah, it was, it was a lot fun. I watched the men's finals and like a little bit of the USA women's and men's matches. And it's like, my dad was even watching, he goes, it kind of is like street ball basically. It's just like, it, it, I don't know, it, it's a, it's different than five on five, like the full court stuff. So it's a, it's a cool change. Of scenery and everything it, it's it's cool to watch the different styles and everything i feel like i feel like the most like my favorite one is swimming like to watch at the olympics because after watching michael Phelps, like when i was a kid like that shit just like stuck with me forever but i think the most underrated one is like track and field but like all forms of it like the the 400s the 100s like the the 4 by 100s i feel like the whole track and field like mm -hmm. um 
<clears throat> excuse me, the whole track and field concept is just like, it's beautiful and it's really hard. Cause like, you know, when you're in high school, a lot of people say, oh, golf isn't a sport. Oh, track and field isn't really a sport. Like it's a passion or whatever. But like track and field is fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of distance you got to cover, like the amount, like the pace, you know, seeing people fall behind you, like that shit's hard. And Eric, obviously you would know better than I do because you were awake at four in the morning when this shit was happening. What was the competition that Jamaica won gold, silver and bronze in that it was like track wise? I think it was the four by or no i think it was the 100 meter i could be wrong i think it was the, the 100, 100 meter, meter flat okay yeah i think so, so. Like, i don't that, think that it was her like literally and it was also funny because at the time jamaica had three total medals and it was all from that one event like they ended up winning like 12 total medals i think they're like eight or nine but, wait 12 like gold or 12 total no total like total at, oh, at the end they had like 12 total <laughs> but at that time they literally had one gold one silver and one bronze and it was all from that event like it, it was that's kind of what got them started which they always are the, you know near the top at track and field it's kind of been downhill a little bit since like usain bolt's gone now johan blake isn't as good anymore uh Asafa powell like he's not at the top of his game i mean he i think he's retired now so they're not as dominant but their women's team is still really good uh i don't know track and field is definitely like the women's i have to say the women's four by four team was like mm -hmm. a team bro mm -hmm. and they literally put out they knew they wouldn't lose at that team they had sydney mclaughlin who won gold in the 400 meter they had Lula muhammad who won silver in the 400 meter they had allison felix who's one of the greatest legends of all time she literally has more gold than carl lewis now i think and, they, <laughs> and then a thing Mu, who literally won gold in the 800 meter like how are you yep. supposed to beat that you can't yep. beat that team and they, and they had a legend seconds. they had a legend in second literally. like i was in second <laughs> that's crazy like you can't were, beat that bro they respect like the warriors you know so yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of people really don't put emphasis on women in sports in general but like women at the, at the olympics like they're really Dude. fucking good at what they do mm -hmm. like they're they really carried us in some of the medals i'm like absolutely carrying us yeah i yep. i don't know if you were watching the the 2v2 beach um beach volleyball that they shit was gold. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, that shit was fire, too. It was it was nice to, like, tune into. I'm telling you. Like, Katie Ledecky, she dominated swimming and stuff. Like, it, and I think Lydia Jacoby, she was 17 and she won gold. Like, it's just, it was crazy how good the women did in the Olympics for the U.S. specifically. Yeah, absolutely. There was also a Venezuelan that broke a, a world record. Like, that was pretty cool to see, given that the... So, the basically, all the athletes from Venezuela, they don't train in uh, our country. They literally train elsewhere. So, just, like, seeing yeah. them go to the Olympics, still representing, like, the roots, like, that was um pretty dope. Um, oh, I do want to... Last thing, I do want to say shout-out to Ryan Krauser. He was a shot put. He literally, so at the U.S. trials to, you know, make the Olympics, he set the world record for shot put. And then at the actual Olympics, with every single throw he had, he broke the Olympic record. Every single throw broke the previous world record. So, like, he won gold easily. And I think we also won silver. Like, shout out to him because he was insane. He's, like, a level above everyone else when it comes to shot put. And I don't know if either of y'all have ever tried shot put. I remember, like, seventh grade, whenever there was track and field practice, I went and tried it once or twice. It's hard, bro. And that was like when we had like 10 pound balls for like middle schoolers and stuff. It's hard. Yep. Another thing that's hard is gymnastics. Like, oh my God. Yeah, bro. shout out to Mo Biles. She came back and won bronze. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Bro, mm -hmm. like the timing of their jumps, the timing of their backflips. I feel like they got to they gotta practice that shit like 500 times a day because that shit's just, it goes crazy. Like It's, it's even crazy because like literally they're, on, you know, like the balance bar, they literally like make one stumble, but don't even fall off or anything. And that's like minus points deduction. Like you have to be perfect 
to not getting it, it's I don't think people realize how hard that stuff is. Yeah, so yeah. that's why when people were trying to cut ass on Simone, like it was just stupid. Like, mm -hmm. um, Eric, you said that she couldn't, she couldn't see, right? What was it that she said? She that said so, like she said, it, I think it's like a gymnastics term they use. It's called the twisties. It's like whenever you go up in the air and you're doing like your turn, mm -hmm. you, it's like you don't know where you are. You like feel like you don't yeah, know bro. if you're upside down or what. So, I mean, that's dangerous. You can land on your neck and hurt yourself if you don't know where you are. So. Why would she go out and risk injury if she doesn't think she, if she thinks she's gonna hurt herself and if she thinks she can't perform to help the team, why would she put everyone at risk with that? Like it was smart of her to do that. And then she came back when she felt better and still managed to win bronze. And you could see whenever she find like finished, she like took a huge breath and she like had a huge smile and everything. Like it was a great moment to see her come back and win. And she's 24, 25, I think. 24, 24. yeah. Yep. Pretty old for a gymnast. I don't know if we'll see her at the next Olympics, which... Bro, but, like, it's crazy sucks, that she's 24. Like, it still yeah. is good. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. She's a legend. She's probably the greatest ever. It's just, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's even crazier for me when you put in context that... So, I don't know if you guys read the little article about, like, the background story when she said she was having, you know, mental mental health issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a microcosm of what was really going on, which was that she has ADHD yeah. and her medicine yeah. is not allowed in Japan. So obviously uh, with her doing, you know, what her profession is, she put her life on the line and she's not feeling 100% herself mentally. Like all hell can break loose and she's not her best self in the moment, you know. Yeah, so to see her like triumph through all of that, and she's also a survivor like like mm -hmm. she gets to you you know what i'm saying like i don't think you should tell a woman like how to cope with that shit so it's just like you don't know if that hit her in the moment as she was in the air like like that shit's mm -hmm. scary son so shout out Absolutely. to simone for for putting on for the country um yeah, steven i don't wanna i don't wanna say any names but there was a lot of people out there that try to try to overanalyze the game of basketball and really said that team usa was gonna win um, when the final buzzer sounded, what did you think about this Team USA win over France in the men's basketball game? So before the team was fully assembled, having um, Booker, Holiday, and Middleton, I was kind of, I was kind of on the fence with whether I thought they were going to win it all and finish, or if they were going to do like I think it was like the 04, 05 team and finishing like like a bronze or even less than that. So when they got Holiday, like that really made like the biggest difference. To the, to the tune of Holiday being the second best player on the team. <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous the the impact that a, a more traditional point guard really had on that team. And then on top of his defense was intangible, you know. So to see them actually win it all and do so with pretty much a majority of the country not believing in them, says a lot for sure. And it's kind of like a little icing on the cake for Kevin Durant and his fans who <laughs> go through everything under the sun trying to tell LeBron fans that he really, he can really be an alpha dog. This is like his first chance to show it. And, you know, they cashed in when the rim was due for it. Bro, there was a tweet, there was a tweet in Spanish that said, um, people wanted to know what it was like um, to see Kevin Durant leading a shitty team that's not a super team. Or here you have him leading a shitty team. That shit, that shit was so funny, bro. Bro, Steven, I, I want to ask you. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I know Andres is probably going to do it later because he does it to every guest. I don't even know if this is what he's going to ask. Where do you have, like, Kevin Durant ranked in today's NBA? Like, I'd assume, like, Giannis is near the top, Durant, Kawhi, LeBron. Like, where do you have him? Just for context, me and Eric went back and forth for, like, 45 yes, minutes. we argued about this for <laughs> a hot little minute. I'm not going to lie. No, we, we, we well, 
I want to hear your answer first, and then I'll say where we stand on it. Take, take the floor. Well, I don't care how you drink it. He can't be anything less than three. We both agree. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, both agreed sure. on yeah, that. He can't okay. be anything less than three, and in my honest opinion, he can't be anything less than two. You know. That's what point, I said. At this point, you know, the only person that I could comfortably say is ahead of him is the dude that just won finals MVP. And the dude that beat him in the semifinals, you know. So outside of that, anybody else is like, uh, oh, that's cute, but this is KD we're talking about. Like, that's what me and him, we, me and him text about. Like, that's literally what Eric said word for word. No literally, less. like, dude, I was, because we, me and him both probably, like, I think we could, you could make an argument, but we both probably are Giannis one right now. Right, we Man. both do. Yeah. And then Absolutely. I have... Durant to Kawhi three. He has Kawhi two Durant three, which I just I don't know, man. I love Kawhi. Kawhi's one of my favorite players. I'm always defending him, but sure I think he's got to have Durant two right now, or at least like he could be one, honestly. Like, but I, I think he's two. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I cannot so agree more. Are, are you are you in agreement at least that those three are the best three players right now in the league? Or would you put um, like LeBron or something there, or or staff or like or like Frank Kaminsky, you know, someone like that. Frank <laughs> the Tank all day, man. Come on now, nah. <laughs> I think I can't. I can't comfortably put Kawhi above LeBron just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on based on this season, would you put him above LeBron? Oh, based on this season, oh, oh yeah, sure. Like heading into next year. Heading into next year, I think those are those. Ooh, that's the top four, probably, but Ooh. it's tough. I think. I'm thinking, but we got Jokic still. Can we put Kawhi over Joker? And Joker just won MVP. Uh, I, you know, then, so people hate James Harden <laughs> to the point where they're saying that he's not a top 10 player anymore. Like, they nah, really that's... have, like, Jokic, like, sixth or Jokic fifth and beat sixth and then Harden, like, outside of the top 10. Like, I think that's just a drag. I'm comfortable... I'm comfortable with ranking Jokic between five and seven. No, no less than seven. I don't think there's like eight players in the NBA better than Jokic right now, in my humble opinion. I agree. Because like even, I mean, he does need like he didn't even have Jamal Murray, and he's still looking that good in the playoffs. Like if he had Jamal Murray, they could have made a little bit more of a push. Who knows? I mean, they got swept by the Suns, so I don't know if having Jamal Murray completely changes that. But it helps a lot, and it would definitely have pushed it. It would have helped, but I think I, I still think in my in my unbiased opinion, I think the Suns would have won that series. Uh, I think they would have won, but I don't think they would have gotten like embarrassingly embarrassed. Well, we don't uh, like we don't know how Jamal Murray would have performed with fans in the playoffs. That's the thing. Though. Damn. Okay, so you kind of saying the, you just throwing the bubble and no. count thing out there right now? <laughs> I plead the fifth. I'm not yeah. gonna. Answer. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying because like, no, I'm just saying. Look, Stephen, you want to piss him off real quick? Oh Bring up God. AD in the bubble. Oh, this man, man. Was bro, two hours listen, bro. Please, 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 please. I'm trying to be civilized. Come on. AD in the bubble shot better than Kevin Durant with the Warriors, bro. Like, what are we doing? That shit does not. Oh my God. You know, it's so funny though you say that because your team literally made the finals and you're doing. We the... were we were gonna make the finals with fans or without fans. <laughs> man, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll, exactly. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> so so the finals. This is what it is. Um, uh, Steven, were you happy about Team USA winning this gold? Is there anyone on Team USA that you were happy for that won this gold? Oh, absolutely. I was happy for Devin Booker for sure. You know, he's been paying his dues and then some, going through trials and tribulations with Phoenix. You know, and Rob Sarver and his goats and all of that other nonsense. Um, <laughs> God bless that man. 
So yeah, I was I was I was most happy for Book for sure. And then I was happy for Javel McGee too. I'm not gonna lie for him and his mom being the first two gold medal uh, recipients, you know, that's big time. That's big time for sure. Absolutely. Good history, bro. That's crazy. Um mm-hmm. Eric, so you know, Twitter made this thing called bookmarks. It's the biggest blessing that Twitter has gave us because that shit is hilarious. Yes, sir. Um, there was this guy, you know, I'm gonna call him out. NBA Paint said that um, LeBron won bronze in 2004, having played X amount of minutes. So guess what I'm gonna do with y'all favorite players when they don't win gold? Um, unfortunately, we're never gonna know because Team USA won gold. Are you happy or are you comfortable with Team USA talking their shit even though they won gold, even though they're expected to win? And bringing up old tweets like Draymond did because that shit was fucking. Bro, hell yeah, they should talk their shit because here's my thing. I thought they were gonna win gold all the time, and I was hating on them a little bit because I thought they weren't weren't playing as well as they could have. But the whole time, I literally still said I think they're gonna win gold. I think they're way more talented than every other team. Yeah, they might not get to practice as much together. They might not have the same chemistry, but they're still way more talented. And they're, I mean, we can try and diminish pop at this point in his career but he's still a great popovich like he's still gonna be able to get the job done at some point and people were saying they weren't even gonna meddle like people were just dogging on them like tr- talking non-stop trash so yeah i think they should talk trash back like why why should they just take all the heat and not be able to respond you can't sit there as a 16 year old and type on your keyboard and then not expect them to respond like come on now it makes no sense it yeah makes no sense. I'm I'm pretty happy KD got to talk his shit, you know, as much oh, as yeah. I as much as I don't don't bring say him it, high or it. nah, you can't don't baby it. You do not you're not a fan of that man. You uh, just as, like that, as man. much as I'm not a fan of that guy, you know, I'm pretty happy he got to talk his shit. Um I mean, but um Steven, so a lot of people, you know, they try to rewrite Dream One Green career. So, you know, at the beginning of the pod I told you I was gonna put you on the spot. Um oh, yeah. do you think Draymond Green is the most underappreciated player like right now and is he a first ballot hall of fame? Ooh. Is he underappreciated? No question. Is he what was the other what was the tail end of the question? Is, again? is he a Hall of Famer <laughs> right now? Ooh, is he a Hall of Famer? Ooh. No, not first ballot. Not first ballot. No, not first, first ballot. Yeah. I'll give him like second or third, but not first. Not first. Nah. Because if he was first, then he would, in his, at his stature, if he was first, he would have to be like top 50, top 75. And he's he's not top 75 all the time. You know that. <laughs> so you think there's 74 players better in NBA history than Draymond Green? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. And start and starting with Frank Kaminsky. Hey, <laughs> the Suns resigned him. What, what yes, about sir. what about um, Alfred Payton? Is he better too? Oh no, that's a debate. Now we can really talk about that. One. We can talk about it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this. I can't believe the Suns are gonna run it back, dude. This is this is uh this is very bogus. Oh my god, man. But no, Draymond, Draymond, especially again, me being a Michigan State guy. Draymond is extremely underappreciated. He was underappreciated in college. I didn't think he was going to be this good in the NBA, but he got his body right. And then he benefited from having Steve Kerr trusting and believing him and putting him at the four when Mark Jackson had him playing at the three and whatnot. So all of that, and then on top of having Iguodala and all the other defenders they had around him to help make him better, you know, Draymond is definitely underappreciated, especially as a leader more than anything. Like people always talk about the first two names, CP3 and LeBron when it comes to leadership. Rightfully so. Like, not too far behind those two has got to be Draymond because for him to be as good as he is without being 
able to be the first, second, or third best player on the contender, you know, he has to have all the intangibles. Yeah. And he's really probably the biggest driving force outside of Drew Holiday that, you know, helped Team USA win because outside of Holiday, Kevin Durant every once in a while, and uh, Draymond, they have no semblance of defense, you know. So, like, bro, I don't think Eric, well, we always talk about this. Um, you and I, but like the amount of distance that Draymond covered in the Olympics was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just such a smart player. Like even the whole like FIBA rule about if it hits the rim, then you bro, can that swat it away. Like that, we can talk of whatever. When he punched that. the ball, that shit was dude. Bold. He's smart though. Like he just he knows the rules and he he's so smart. He, that's the thing about Draymond. He kind of reminds me. He's a better version, obviously, but he reminds me of the PJ Tucker way, where you could score two points. And dominate a game, like bro. His every his defense, like he can dominate a game that way. Every Heat fan was crying about us signing PJ Tucker because he doesn't he doesn't drop 15 points a game. I'm like, bro, he's been the same player the last 10 years. Like, what are you complaining about? He literally was a starter on the 2018 Rockets, which is one of the best teams of the decade. He was a starter on the 2020 Buck 2021 Bucks, who won the championship. Like, PJ Tucker has been there and done that. Like, he's a great player. Regardless of if he scores zero points or 20 points, he's going to help your team win. Like, that's just who he is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He's like one of, what, three players since Kevin Durant got to the NBA that could viably guard him for more than like five yes. minutes. You feel me? Like, come on, man. That's invaluable. That's invaluable. It's crazy. And that's why, like, the Heat, y'all are going to, I don't know how good they're going to be. I expect them to be pretty good, and they're going to be one of my favorite teams to watch for sure. But like, if they match up with the Nets in the playoffs, that's going to be like having him defend uh, KD is going to be huge. Like, he, I feel like you're never going to be able to completely slow down KD, but if you can limit him, put me on him. Ways, what happens? On, on. You drop a solid four points, huh? Put me on him. Watch. See what. Put me on the 2018 Rockets. See what happens. I don't know. I'm just. I think. I think PJ. He's proven himself to be that type of player, and he's, like he's, his like, shoe game is unmatched. The that's type that's of player cool. that he is is like annoying to play against, but you're thankful that he's on your team. I think he's one of those like few. I don't know, like five or ten guys in NBA history that you could say that like you love having him on your Bev. team. But man, yep. that's the same thing with Pat Bev. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like Pat Bev is really underappreciated, but we, we don't got to talk about Pat Bev given what what happened with the. The Clippers this um past postseason. But before we move on to our next topic, I did want to give a shout out to the women's team because they were outstanding, they were phenomenal the whole entire run. They smoked Japan. Sue Bird won her <clears throat> excuse me, fifth gold medal. Like that's crazy, bro. Like she's 40 years old, winning still winning gold medals. The the resume is just unmatched. I mean, we can be here till midnight talking about her resume. It's just unmatched. Man, crazy. They're Store. Like they did, they dominate more than the men do, and you can say that's because other countries are higher up in men's. But like the women are just that far ahead of everyone else when it comes to women's basketball. It's crazy. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Like KD Shut said, up. this skill set is unmatched. That was a bar, man. <laughs> that was, was a bar. bar. It was. It was. It was necessary, and it was like the timing of it. He was like. I'm on my way to this press conference, but I had to stop and talk about shit. <laughs> Bro, he's just, he's yes. a troll. He's literally yes. just like us. That man grabbed his phone. You. He's like, I'm going to go on IG Live real quick. Listen, man, I'm on my way to a press conference. I just got to talk about <laughs> shit real quick. This man, Draymond, said, Perk, um, you talk a lot of shit. Yep. Yep. That was, that was pretty funny, honestly. Shout, yep. out, shout out to the guys. Shout out to the women's team. Shout out to Team USA for winning 38 golds. Um, Steven, before we move on to our next topic, obviously, um, if the, in case you didn't know, Steven is a big CP3 guy. What team is better? 
the 2021 Suns or the 2018 Rockets and why? <sighs> now, 18 Rockets, no question. Because I don't think this Suns team could have took the um the, the 18 Warriors to game to game seven. I don't think they had that in they didn't have PJ Tucker, they didn't have Clint Capella, they didn't have Eric Gordon off the bench, you feel me? And they didn't have prime, like end of prime CP3. Like this CP3 is very good. Like obviously he's a top three point guard still, but back then it was a little different. He had a little more juice. He didn't have that same juice at this point, at this point in his career, and it kind of showed up in the finals a little bit. And then obviously James Harden being the trump card over all of that because James Harden is just, he's just great. He's just great. It, it, it sucks because yeah, I know Andres, you hate hypotheticals and all that, but they could have won, bro. If yeah. CP didn't get hurt, I'm never yeah. gonna, like that was the year for the Rockets and Chris Paul. Like Chris yeah. Paul has been one of my favorite players. He's the reason I got into basketball, him, Kobe and LeBron are like the main three players that got me into basketball. And when we got Chris Paul and became that good of a team, it was like a perfect s s scenario for me. Like that was the year, bro. And it just, of course, of course, at the end of game five, that has to happen. Going down with this hamstring, man. Oh, it was, I still have nightmares about it. I cried. <laughs> Straight up. Cried. <laughs> bro, like when that happened, the, the first thing I said was, why is it CP3 running down the court? And then I see him on the floor and I'm like, here we go again, dude. This is not, this is not real. Like this can't be, like there's no way. Dude, it was, of course though, like that's how his career has gone. Of course that would happen. That was the most of course moment in like CP3's career. Like yep. you have one of the greatest teams of all time on the ropes and the, your hammy was just like, nope, not happening. And I literally he remember. He was literally the best player on the floor. Like, dude, he was literally playing. the best player, man. Dude, like, Katie, I, Steph Curry, oh. Clay Thompson, Draymond, James Harden, Eric Gordon, Jamal McGee, played, Eric Paschal. Come, come on, come on man. <laughs> like he was literally playing on, great man. defense on Curry too. Like he was doing both. Yes. That's what oh, sucks. And and I'm not saying that Urkel represents the Warriors, but the fact that he said that Iguodala was injured and compared it to Chris Paul, like oh. that shit still has me pissed off. Till and that, that's what's funny is I know leading like when the playoffs were starting, I said. My prediction, which I've, I, whenever it comes to like predictions like that, I usually am unbiased. I picked the Rockets to win it all because I had that much faith in that 2018 team. Like, oh, because that team was special. Watching them in the regular season, literally, I think it was the duo of Chris Paul or the trio of Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and James Harden. They went 50 and four when they all three played. 50 and three. 50 and three. 50 and three, 50 and three when they all played. Like, that's, that's unheard of. No, and then literally, so I picked them to win. And I remember whenever the series was just starting, like the Western Conference Finals came, everyone was like, man, Rockets don't stand a chance. Y'all forget how good this Warriors team is. And then right when they went down 3-2, I remember the timeline was just filled with Warriors fans crying and like being upset because they were like, oh, they were blaming everybody. It's, it's this person's fault. It's this person's fault. And then they win the series and they're like, y'all wouldn't have won anyway. Come on, bro. Like, don't do that. Stop trying to rewrite it. Y'all know y'all were scared. Y'all know y'all were down. Y'all know what would have happened. I'm sorry. Come on. Yep. And let's not even start it on game seven with the first of all, the officials involved. Horrible. Come on, man. Bro, Come on. Steven, there was an episode where we had a Rockets fan on, one of my guys. And the episode turned into Eric and him ranting about the rest for like 25 <laughs> minutes, dude. It was the funniest, <laughs> skit. It was the funniest skit ever. They talked about Game Seven for like a half hour, and then Eric was like, "I think I'm done ranting about it," because like it was Bro. just, it was in, like I don't even know what to say, man. Scott Foster, yeah, yeah. he, I he no just people with one eye open. 
I see no problem with them running for 30 minutes. I'm surprised it didn't go longer than that. Like, and the NBA still, like, they, they, they literally owe all NBA fans an apology for that. Like, that was... That was an atrocity. That shit was disgusting, man. Dude, everyone saw it too. It everyone. Late, man. People who late. don't even like the Rockets were like talking about it because it was that bad. Bro, they made a YouTube yeah. video about it. Like that's how you know Every it's bad. Missed call. Yeah. Oh my god, man. And then of course the Rockets have a horrible shooting night, so everyone points to it saying, "Oh, that's why." Which, by the way, if Chris Paul plays, that doesn't happen. Just throwing that right. out there, but. Right. I you mean, mean Chris just... Paul slows down the pace? Wow, what a crazy concept. <laughs> Wait, it's just. <laughs> It's frustrating. And the whole, they missed 27 straight threes. Well, they didn't because James Harden did make one. They just waved it off because it was a terrible call. Like, they, they just had horrible calls over and over and over. It was just, I don't know. We don't got to get into it that much again because I'm going to start getting annoyed. <laughs> Steven, do you, think the, the, do you think the Rockets, like in your unbiased um, in your unbiased opinion, do you think the Rockets gave up too quick on CP3 after 2019? Because like... Absolutely. Because the Rockets went to six games with the Warriors, and KD obviously didn't play in game six. But um, James Harden was going berserk like that series, and CP3 was barely like on one leg, and they took him to six. So do you think the Rockets gave up too quick on him? Absolutely, no question. And I think after after letting emotions kind of run their, run their course and everything, and then finally being able to see it for what it really is, I think it's without question that Tillman Fatita is the 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 focal point of all the issues with the, the culprit <laughs> with the Rockets. Yeah. Like, bro, you literally had like you you don't you don't you don't get in a bid into own a team that's contending and come in with like stingy pockets. Like that's not how that works, especially in the NBA. Like you already like you literally had a team in your hand. You got a team gifted to you that was already ready to compete against the best assembled team in NBA history. And they did it right in front of your eyes, right when you first bought the team. And then your first chance to, you know, keep that team together, you let Ariza walk. Um, and then you just make all these other changes. You bring in Carmelo, like, but what are we doing? We already had the foundation here. And then you just gave up on everybody. And then you, he blatantly said that CP3 was on the worst contract with any superstar in the NBA. And then went and did what he did the season after 2019, you know. It was just all bad, man. They definitely gave up on CP too early because I feel like that team, especially in the bubble, man, with the continuity they would have had versus the Lakers or whoever, I don't care who, that continuity that that team had would have ran through everybody's bubble, no question. And it's also frustrating because in 2019, when they did play the Warriors, literally every single game was a like a single Bro, every single game was fire. Every single, like, yep. every single game was a single-digit game, and we could have won that. Yep. Yeah, they just then were like, oh, the team wasn't even close. Let's just blow it up. Why? Like, what was the reason? And I remember on just, we had Christian on the podcast not too long ago, I think. And me and him, we sometimes get into it about like Rockets stuff because we're both Rockets fans. And, but we and him, me and him even said on the podcast, Rockets fans can always come together and agree that none of us like Tillman Fertitta. Like he's the one person that we just, none of us like him because why what, he hasn't given us a single reason to really like support him or be happy that he owns the team. It's just annoying. And oh my God, man, it's just, I, I'm glad Rockets have a new fresh start and everything's like, we look like we have good young talent, but dude, I'm never going to forget that 2018 and 2019 season. Those could have been the years, even 2020, we could have like CP3 was battling an injury pretty much all year. He literally missed like 30 games because of injuries that year. And they just thought, oh, he, that one year, yeah, he clearly is terrible now. He got washed over the summer. Come on, bro. Like, use common sense. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No. 
Especially, that's why I'm glad he's good now. He's playing this good now. I'm glad to see it. It's payback to the Rockets for being stupid. And I'm a Rockets fan, but that pissed me off so much. Like, And that's kind of why I wanted to see CP. Like, obviously, I wanted him to win the ring regardless. But I definitely wanted to see him get one independent of Harden. Mm-hmm. And before Harden did, independent of KD and Russ. It just would have been like a nice little one last, like, hey, yeah, I'm still, I'm still that dude. Like, don't get it twisted. And then it's like a little payback for everybody that that, that kind of went against me all the last like two three years and whatnot just wrote me off. Like here you go, watch this. Bro, it's even funny because he almost beat the Rockets in 2020. Like they almost yeah. they pushed them to seven. Like and there was yeah. no that team had no right to push the Rockets to seven, but they did it because of Chris Paul. Like Bro, that, people hate Chris Paul so much that they were like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are gonna make an NBA Finals before Chris Paul. Like, <laughs> like, do you know how much you have to hate that man to to stand yep. DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and to say that, bro? Like, come on. But the, that, we could sit here till midnight talk about talk about how much CP3 deserves a ring and how unlucky he is, but we'd be giving excuses. So, sure. moving on to our third topic of the night, um, one of the hottest topics out right now, the most fun time of the year for NBA fans. Not the playoffs, but the free agency. We've seen a lot of moves. I'm not going to name all of them, but we got um, Kawhi Leonard to staying, Patty Mills to the um, Brooklyn Nets, Kyle Lowry to the Miami Heat, Fournier to the Knicks, Caruso, DeRozan, and Lonzo to the Bulls. Iguodala is going back to Golden State. Danny Green is staying. The Clippers are running it back. Kemba Walker goes home. Devontae Graham to the Pelicans. And our guy, Chris Paul, is staying with the Suns. Um, Steven, so Chris Paul is going to end his career with over $400 million in career earnings. Do you think, if you were Chris Paul right now, would you have opted in to the $47 million or $43 million that he was owed or try to work out a new contract? I would have worked out a new contract. And this is me operating under the mindset that he spoke with uh, Rob Sarver and James Jones and they had like a nice conversation regarding finances. And of course, the whole CBA uh, loophole and everything that <laughs> the CP mastermind as, as the president of the Basketball Association, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they they brought out their chess pieces and they broke down every single um, every single aspect that could possibly play out. And they figured out what was most beneficial for him, which is what he was deserving, which was getting that money one last time at least, and then also being able to financially, you know, financially do the sons a favor and being able to keep adequate talent around him, especially as he gets a little older to where he can it can kind of offset his age and for them to be able to still be a real contender, which they really are. So I feel like I feel like he made the right decision in restructuring his deal, um, especially as it gets as it gets into that third and fourth year. And then clearly it's seeing, seeing them be able to get campaign in response to him not taking too much of the cap up and everything. And then also being able to attain uh Landry Shannon and signs of McGee. Absolutely. Eric, out of all the moves I just named, which one was your favorite and which one surprised you the most? Out of every move, uh, I mean, I think like, are you talking about just every like move that's been made in the offseason? Right, right. Which one Which one caught you off guard and which one was your like, holy shit, like I'm happy for him? I mean, I'm ha- I so I know it's a whole thing on Twitter about the like Russ and, Le- Russ and CP fans going at it. I do like Russell Westbrook. I mean, I, I I think I've talked about it back in like 2013. I had a Russell Westbrook jersey. My brother had a Durant jersey. Like we were, we liked both of them and stuff. And I still cheer for him to this day. And I'm happy because I think this is Russ's best chance at a ring he's gonna have. Like I don't know how many more chances he'll have after this year. So I'm happy for him for that aspect. It did surprise me because it was also funny because the whole like 
Woj tweeted out that Lakers were getting Buddy Heald, and then Shams tweeted out that Lakers were getting Russell Westbrook. So it was kind of like no one knew what was going on. Like it was a crazy thing for a few hours. So I think just by who Russell Westbrook is and how good the Lakers already are, that's got to be like the craziest move. But I think specific ones that like excite me a lot are like I'm really excited to see uh, the Bulls next year with DeRozan and Lowry. Or no, sorry, sorry, DeRozan and Lonzo. My bad. I'm really excited for that uh, lineup because Levine, DeRozan, and Lonzo. I feel like and Vucevic. That's gonna be a fun lineup to watch. Like, I'm really excited to see that. And then the Heat, obviously, because I love Jimmy Butler. Every, I feel like most people love Bam because he's just the way he plays and everything. Um, Lowry. I feel like I, I a lot of people don't like Lowry, but I he played for the Rockets. I'm a big fan of him. Like. Oladipo, like I'm just those two teams, the Bulls and Heat specifically. Those are probably the two teams I'm most excited to watch next year. And I don't know. I'm hoping Heat can make a push because I do not want to see the Nets win just specifically because I need Kyrie and James Harden to leave. I don't think it's gonna happen. But yeah, Bobby, Bobby Bobby Mark said today that they're gonna stay. Sorry. Yeah. So, but I mean, still, <laughs> I don't want them to win. I'm gonna be honest. I like. I do still kind of like Harden, and I have no problem with Kyrie or KD, but I just don't want to see them win. I just straight up don't. I'd rather see the Heat win. I'd rather see the. I'd, I'd almost rather see the Lakers win, honestly. Just to what, see, dude? Oh. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I, just to oh. see, because here's my thing. Kyrie's already won a ring. Durant's already won two rings. Harden, I don't care to see Harden win a ring that much <laughs> since he left us. Russell Westbrook, I want to see him win a ring more than I want to see any of those guys get another one. So obviously, if I'm picking one specific team to win next year, the Miami Heat. Because it's gonna be the Suns because I want Chris Paul to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll happen or not. I guess we'll wait and see. I think they're still a very good team with a chance, but I don't know, man. I'm just next season should be fun. There's a lot of movement in the offseason. This is one of the craziest offseasons I remember in a long time. So. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's, been, it's gonna be a roller coaster. Yeah, God willing, everyone's healthy. Um, Steven, which, yeah, what, what, what free agency move caught you off guard that you were like, holy shit? Oh, that's a great question. I think, cause I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really sure what Kyle Lowry was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Cause there were a lot of rumors circling around. There were people talking about he could go here, he could go there. I think. I think it surprised me that he really did, you know, double down on what people thought and chose Miami. And not to mention, even more than that, them getting PJ Tucker. I didn't think PJ was gonna leave um, Milwaukee. I thought they were gonna run it back. They were gonna get back um, um, my young guy from um, from Villanova, um, DiVincenzo, because you know he got hurt before the before that net series. They were gonna get him back, and then I thought they were just gonna bring back Bobby Portis and just you know run it back with a full squad and. PJ up and left for South Beach, so him and him and uh, him and Lowry going down to Miami was definitely my biggest surprise for sure. To the tune of where I think that that's gonna change like the landscape of the powerhouse rankings for the Eastern Conference. I feel like like you can't say it because they just won the championship, but I feel like Miami may have lapped um, Milwaukee um, as that second best team under um, Brooklyn, obviously talent wise. So, you know, it remains to be seen, but I think that chip and having PJ Tucker versus not having him is gonna be the difference in who, you know, vies for the finals and who doesn't, who falls short of that goal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once again, I'm not pocket watching, but PJ Tucker got paid 50 million at 36, and Bobby Portis got paid like 3.3 million at like 26. I just thought that was pretty funny to point out. I don't know if you guys noticed that. <laughs> yes, sir. Bro, yes, that, sir. that was pretty funny. Come on, that was pretty funny. Hey, like, hey. The old guys are getting paid, man. Shout out to the old guys one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, would you, would y'all argue that like the Heat, like they're top seven in their rotation. So we got Jimmy Butler, we got Bam, we got Old Depot, we got Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Who would be number seven? Am I forgetting someone? Markeith Morris. Keith. Yeah, okay. Would you argue that's like a top five, like top seven in the league? You know what I mean by that? Like so, seven rotation. in my humble- Top five? In my humble opinion, the Nets are better. Mm-hmm. I agree. The Bucks were on the same level, but they're better. It's going to be close this year. I'll say that. Because I Clippers, think Lowry is that good to where he helps them that much. The Clippers and Lakers are clearly better. Mm-hmm. Um, the Suns, I would pick us in my non-biased opinion. And the Nuggets, I feel like we can compete, but I would pick us. Because Jamal Murray. Borderline top five? So they're at worst seven six ish like you said and then at best like top five yeah that's well, a, like that their top seven is so good and knowing the nba anything could happen so if you have that much talent and you can make a push and, and we have the think, best coach in the nba and exactly and i still think jimmy butler is that dude like i think he is insane i think his work ethic is crazy like i i think with him and bam as like your top two and then lowry which i mean lowry being your third best player that's pretty insane Bro, and you have the best sniper in the NBA behind Steph, like literally. Yep. Like, I don't. I'm excited. I think, and uh, they were kind of talking about this on podcasts and whatnot um, when they first initially got Kyle Lowry. They were talking about how that doesn't help them address guarding like Kevin Durant and whatnot. And then they went got PJ. But my PJ, PJ, that's what I was forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, we got touched. I think more than anything, though, like. I think us three know as well as anybody the impact that a legitimate, like a actual floor general has on your team. Like being able to completely um, take away those, take away that responsibility from Jimmy Butler and Bam to the point where they can both operate as secondary or tertiary playmakers in any half court set. And Kyle Lowry can just, you know, fully embrace his point guard role and just be a leader and just do his thing. Like he doesn't even have to worry about scoring that much. Like that's, that's gonna that's gonna pay them dividends and then some, especially in the playoffs. You know, they'll 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 be having their ups and downs throughout the regular season when they're ironing out the kinks and everything. But come playoff time, that's not a team I want to see. I don't care if I am. Hey, I'm not, I don't want to see them. Like, <laughs> and they need it. Jimmy needs to bounce. Like the whole Heat team needs to bounce back here after that. After getting swept in the first round, like they need a bounce back here, and I think it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna like predict them to make the finals or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made a pretty deep playoff run. Bro, and the first thing Kyle Lowry said was, um, the number one thing that I wanna do is not let Jimmy bring up the ball. Like I wanna have him conserve his energy. Like that was, that was the first thing he Bro. said when he got interviewed by um by the Heat and whatnot. Like that shit's crazy. Like for a player to get acquired, and the first thing to say is I want to take the pressure off their best player because they're, they're going to need him to conserve his energy for for when the lights get bright. Like, that's pretty dope. And they, and he wanted to be in Miami too. Like seeing players still want to play for Spo, play for the organization. Like that's pretty dope to like. And it's also a good thing because Lowry's a good defender too. Like he can help on both ends. Like yes. that, that team is full of just two-way players. Like the big three of Jimmy Bam and uh, Lowry are both are all two-way players. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. It's, it, it, it's gonna be a fun team, and even Oladipo. Like I know Oladipo isn't who he used to be, 
but like if we even see glimpses of prime Oladipo, he was a insane two. He was an all star. Yeah, he was a great two way player. Like he made all defensive team and he was all NBA team in the same season. Like that's for if if we see glimpses of that Oladipo, that right there is four great two-way players. Bro, our weakest, our weakest link in the starting lineup is Duncan Robinson and his wingspan is long and he's a sniper. Like, right. you're not gonna, you're not gonna have fun defending this team out there. It, um, I cannot wait to watch that team. Like, me, like, I always joke with you about the heat, like, hating on them, kind of joking stuff, but you know yeah, I love Jimmy, but you know I love Jimmy Butler. Like, you know how, he, I mean, he literally grew up, like, 30 minutes from where I live. Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I really hope y'all do good this year. And I was rooting for y'all in the finals whenever y'all made it. Yeah. Um, Steven, so Chris Paul is your favorite player. Obviously, he's one of my favorite players. And Paul George is one of my favorite players. So I've had experiences seeing Billy Donovan coach my favorite players, unfortunately, or fortunately <laughs> for those that do like Billy Donovan. Um, I'm not a fan of Billy Donovan, but what can you say about um, this team? So we got Lonzo, Levine, Patrick Williams, DeMar DeRozan and Vooch, and we got um, Kobe, and they got Kobe White off the bench, and you got Billy Donovan handling the keys. What can you say about this Bulls team for this upcoming season? Are they going to break the three, four-year, five-year curse of not making the playoffs? What's going to happen? Oh, absolutely not. And I'll, I'll even one up that. They'll, they'll end up leapfrogging the playing tournament, too. They'll go from, I think they finished in 11th last season. Right. After being, I think, I think they were in, I want to say they were in seventh or sixth. And then uh, Zach Levine had his COVID, his COVID issues, and ended up spending from they thought it was only going to be like a week, and ended up spending like almost the entire rest of the regular season, which ended up being about a month. So they they uh, spiraled downward from seventh to all the way to the eleventh. Um, but yeah, I think with the additions they made uh, with the Rosen, um, Lonzo, and then adding Caruso off the bench as well. The Caruso, baby, I forgot about him. <laughs> I think I think they'll end up finishing with a top six record. I don't know if they'll finish with home court advantage, but I think they're in that same they're in that same um, they're in that same capacity as Atlanta and the Knicks right now, in my opinion, and Boston. So it's like those those four teams like they are all in the same. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because they don't have their point guard issues um, addressed yet. So until then, I gotta say they're all those four teams are in the same little the same little realm at the moment. I think Lonzo is gonna. I think Lonzo's gonna be such a revelation to the Bulls. I think, I think Booch and Booch and um, and Levine will probably average around 27-28 on uh, clean efficiency numbers as well, just off of the presence of Lonzo alone. Because that's the one that's the one pressing issue that the Bulls needed to address last season, which was point guard and playmaking specifically, and they did that. And then some with Lonzo. My only question with them at this point is defense. Outside of Lonzo and Patrick Williams, you know, who are they going to rely on defensively? Vucevic isn't, he isn't terrible as people make it seem, but he's also not an all-NBA defender at the same time. So I'm curious as, uh, you know, what they're going to look like defensively. But, you know, they did they did their job, which is a refreshing a refreshing thing to see here in Chicago. Because um, <laughs> the football office has been trash, man. It's been trash, but... This is man. Dude, I really think this move is gonna help like Lonzo's career though. Like I think this is gonna, this is gonna help him take like the next level. You know, like I I think I don't know I don't want to say Pelicans was a bad situation for him, 
But I feel but like it was a bad situation for him. It just, I mean, it's the Pelicans. What you can't really do yep. much there. Like, I'm sorry for any Pelicans fans, but y'all got it rough because they do not know what they're doing ever. Like they haven't since they took AD number one. And then they got gifted another number one pick with another generational talent and still couldn't make anything out of it. Like, I feel like this is the best situation right now for Lonzo. And if I don't know if he'll ever be like an all NBA player, but I feel like this situation will get him the closest to that that he can. Yeah, absolutely. Would you guys agree that this is the, but like you like you said, Eric, this is the best situation he's been in, but do you guys agree that this is like his first real chance to be like the sole offense, yes. offensive, like as a primary ball handler? Do you guys agree with that? I yeah. think that he doesn't have any pressure whatsoever this year. Dude, I think it's perfect for him. And I, I love Lonzo. Like whenever we had Nick on the podcast, we were talking about all three of us are pretty big fans of him. Like I think I'm really excited to see if he can like grow as the player here because i mean they just have they have a lot of talent actually they made some great moves they they had one of the best off seasons of any team and i feel like lonzo he's never gonna be like a i don't or i i don't want to say never players surprise me all the time just just say top 10 i I don't think lonzo's ever gonna be a 25 points per game scorer but his passing and defense alone can impact like crazy and I don't want to hate on him, but he's not like <laughs> he's not hindered defense or scoring wise like Ben Simmons is sometimes. Like he he can still score better than Ben Simmons. So having some scoring ability while also being an elite passer and elite defender, like that's just that's set up to be a great player, honestly. And he just needs the perfect situation. And I think this could be it. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. Um, Eric, like you said, Russ is going home. I'm very happy for Russ that he finally gets to play at home. He doesn't have to rot in OKC or rot on the Wizards. No offense to OKC or Wizards fan, but I'm just happy. Russ Russ is going to be able to find peace because he's going to be at home. He's going to be close to his wife, close to the kids, because like once the kids are born, obviously like that's the most important thing that um, means to him. So I'm pretty happy that he gets to go home to L.A. to play with the Lakers. Um, the Lakers also got Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, and Kendrick Nunn. And a lot of people were crying about Malik Monk getting a minimal deal at 23 just to win a championship. Um, Eric, would you agree that he made the right choice? Um, I mean, I don't think it's a right or wrong decision. I mean, it, Listen, man, decision. there's... Eh, I what? don't know. What? I feel like, so on one side, you get to play with a top two player of all time and a chance at a championship ring. But on the other side, what if you don't get your chickens? Yeah, see, my thing is, I think him as a player, he could, he's still at the age where obviously he can still grow as a player, right? Correct. Well, he's like 23. He was one of my favorite players in the draft. I, yeah, I love so he, he still has a lot of room to grow, but I, one, I don't think this is a team set up to help him develop as a player. Like, I, I don't think this team will necessarily help him grow as a player. And I think that's going to kind of suck because then he might not get as much money in the future as he could. But if his main goal is to win, I mean, we always talk about how some players, oh, they care more about getting money. Like, I know a lot of people complain about that. I don't really care. It's like if you're if we were in that situation, we would want the money too. like, let's be honest with ourselves. And I'm not going to hate on him for valuing winning over money more like it's his decision. Why? Why would I hate on him for that decision? Like, I don't think it's a good or bad decision. It's his decision. And it's just how he looks at it. If I was in this position, I probably would have taken the more money, honestly, just because I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I'm chasing money, but I'd be chasing money if I was 23. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad decision or good decision. Like I said, I think it's just it's his decision. 
Okay. Um, Steven, thoughts on Malik Monk getting the minimum and 50-50 on the criticism and 50-50 on the right choice? From my perspective on it, especially as an athlete, I kind of see this as I'm betting on himself. So this is kind of a chip he's trying to put on the table where he's thinking long-term, and I'm sure his agent probably had a lot of say-so in this as well. He's like, think about it. You go to L.A., obviously that's the, the biggest market. Probably it might be bigger than New York at this point with having LeBron out there with you, you know, especially in the NBA landscape. So you look at this, you're playing with LeBron, you know, you're playing with the purple and gold, that's automatically going to attract a lot of attention. If you can win a championship in that and be one of their top, like, eight, nine players, that's a chip that you can put forward in negotiations moving forward with contract-wise. That'll, as you said, Andre, earn you more chickens. So it's kind of twofold because if it doesn't work out, you know, you might put yourself in a bigger rut. But, you know, sometimes you just got to bet on yourself. Shout out Fred Van Vliet, you know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Speaking of speaking of betting on yourself, shout out to Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Jimmy Effing Butler, Trey Young, Julius Randle, and John Collins for getting paid. Um, I think I think we're all three of us are in agreement that all I don't know seven of them deserve to be paid. Yeah. I think we're in agreement. Yeah. I I feel I'm so happy for Luka and Trey because you know. This is like the rare scenario where both teams want to trade and they both got paid and they both did have done incredible things. So shout out to Trey Young and Luka Doncic for changing the narrative of um, one team has to win a trade and one team has to lose. Like the I mean, Kyrie Irving trade to the Celtics, both teams lost that trade. So we can't- Like in a, in a way, you could also include Shea uh, Gilders Alexander in that because I remember me and you were talking about it, Andres, and I was saying how I thought the Clippers- That shit was so funny, lost man. that trade. Well, I mean, did they? Because, yeah, they gave up, like, six first-round picks. They gave up Shea. They gave up Gallinari. But in doing that deal, they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So and like, they, were able to, they were able to extend Keith. They were able to get Ibaka. Yeah, so, like, it's a domino. You can argue. You can say they gave up a lot because they did. And they gave up a young star in Shea Gilders-Alexander. But they got two top ten players. Because I, I, you could argue top ten for Paul George, I guess. That's not so, common, man. Bro, you, you, like, that's that's crazy. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a different perspective. When we got Dwayne Wade back in 2019, someone tweeted out, "We got Dwayne Wade for a sixth grader." So it's just like like in that moment, you're not thinking about it. That's but like, crazy. It's it's it's, it's I, I don't know. I found it funny. Maybe my sense of humor is terrible, but I found it pretty funny. Dude, before we stop talking about NBA, what do y'all think about the whole Amoni Amoni Amoni? I don't know. I said Bates thing, like him not being eligible for the draft because he's 29 days too late for it. I think that's stupid. I'm going to be honest. I think it's, just, it's dumb. It's just the NBA being the NBA, honestly. Dude, oh, so annoying. Like, when did they even add that 19-year-old rule? Well, like, right. weren't they trying to get rid of the one-and-done rule? That's or? what I thought. Like, literally, this is the perfect opportunity to do it. You have one of the biggest potential future stars. Literally, change the rule right now. What's stopping you? I'm sorry. Come on. Money. It cannot be this dumb, bro. Adam Silver needs to do something. Like, come on. Adam Silver doing something productive. Come on. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, yeah, shout, I do want to give a shout-out to them real quick, though, about the whole offensive rule changes they're doing. Oh, yeah, the whole and stuff. That shit is annoying, and I'm glad. I don't want to say it. I don't want to hate on him. But I'm so curious to see how Trey Young plays without a lot of those rules. Whoa, I thought you were going to say someone else. Harden? Uh, <laughs> yeah, him too. Harden too. Yeah, he. I. I mean, yeah, him too. But I. I don't want to be that person. But I kind of like Trey Young more now. So I, that's why I'm more worried about him. But I just. I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how a lot of players, like even Luca, sometimes Luca does that too. Like 
and it's not a bad thing that those players did it. That's how the NBA was set up and they took advantage of the rules. But now yep. we have to, they have to adjust back to not doing that, which I'm sure in the first year, it's not going to be completely erased. But over time, I think slowly they're going to try getting back to get getting rid of that type of movement, which I'm, yep. thank God, because I'm sorry, it is some ugly basketball to watch sometimes. Like, I'm honestly not opposed to the NBA adopting more of the traditional rules and going back to kind of like how, how it was called or officiated with the Olympics. Dude, that's how it should be. Bro, I don't really care what rules we use, just be consistent. Si- like, yes, consistency. In the, in the Olympics, I swear to you, Team USA was getting smacked left and right, no calls, and then like Patty Mills was getting like every call or Rudy Gobert was getting calls. I'm like, bro, like I don't really care. I don't really that. care if it's FIBA rules, NBA rules. The park yeah. rules, like like pickup rules, whatever you want to call it, like just be consistent because everybody gets the USA and they still came out on top. <laughs> this man, you know, Dame is Dame is one of my favorite players. Obviously, I'm gonna be biased about this, but like he doubled down on what Lucas said about the FIBA being harder than the NBA, and that shit, like he was pretty right about that. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm I'm I excited agree. for I'm excited for next year. Unless another trade goes down before the season starts. Hopefully the schedule is going to announce soon. I think it might be next month, maybe a couple weeks. We'll see. And do y'all think Dame, y'all think Dame gets traded? Or do you think he stays home? Bro, so... I think he stays, I'm going to be honest. As a, as a Heat fan, I cannot bring myself to root for the Sixers. And Dude, I want him to get traded there so bad. Damon and Bede, do you know how clean that would be, bro? That's tough. That's tough. Man... I don't Jaden know. Jaden Embiid would be deadly, bro. And I think they they would probably be a top five duo in the NBA. It's probably like Harden, Harden and Durant, um, AD and LeBron, Paul George and Kawhi. Since Kawhi's hurt, and then them, probably. then and then them too. Yeah. And I mean, then that's one of, one of my friends said that Embiid and Dame is a better version of Jamal and um, Jokic, and I didn't really think about that, but that's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of different play styles, but like center and guard, yeah, it, it, I think they are. Because I think, for me personally, I think Embiid and Jokic are kind. I think they're pretty damn close. I'm gonna be honest. Like, yeah. I think you could make an argument either way. I typically lean Jokic right now, but for Dame and Jamal, I think everyone would lean. I, I mean, I think everyone would take Dame right now. So, I don't yeah, know. I like the comp. I definitely like that comp. But yeah, yeah. Dame's better. Dame's better than. Dame's definitely better than uh, Jamal, and he's arguably like on Jokic's heels, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, I do want him out of Portland, but the options I don't fuck with. <laughs> like, Boston, you know, he's, you know he's not going out west anywhere. So exactly, out and I don't want him to go to the. Well, he's not going to go to the Lakers now with Russ there, but like Boston, ill. Philly, yuck. Like, those are the only two teams that have a package good enough. Damn. For Imagine Lakers yep. trade Russell Westbrook for Dame. Oh, man. That would be some hoes. <laughs> oh, hell, break it loose for Twitter, man. Oh, Russell God. Westbrook fans would lose their mind, bro. Lose would. their mind, bro? They would deactivate. Literally. Would, bro, that would be terrible. That'd be, that'd be pretty funny. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, moving on to our last the most important topic of the last decade besides the decision from LeBron James. <laughs> the most important topic since the year 2000, since the year, whatever year you guys want to pick, the most important like news came out that the greatest player of all time is finally leaving Barcelona. 
and it's not even his fault. So um, Barcelona was going to um, bring Messi with a new contract. Everything was agreed to, and then the the league pretty much nullified it. And I know people say, oh, we'll put that in NBA terms. Okay, let's put it in NBA terms. Let's say Kobe Bryant was playing, rest in power, Kobe Bryant was playing like 23 years for the Lakers, right? And he wanted to renew with the Lakers, and the NBA stepped in and said no. And then he just goes to this year's Brooklyn Nets. That's pretty much what happened with Messi. That's ever a good since, way to put it. Ever since he was 13, he was at Barcelona. Now he's 34 and he leaves. Um, Eric, when you got this notification, what was your initial reaction? I didn't think it was true. I thought Fab. I got it. I got the notification from Fabricio Romano, however you say his name. That is the Adrian Wojnarowski of um, footy. Dude. For those that are once again asking to put it in yeah. NBA terms. Yes, which we all just call him Fab. Or I call him Fab. At yeah, least. he's Fab. He's Fab. Uh, literally, I thought it was fake. I was like, nah, this this can't be real. There's no way. Like, I didn't think it would ever happen. Um, I know you're glad it happened. I don't really have an opinion about whether I'm glad it happened. I, I think it's just... <laughs> I think it's going to be cool to see him somewhere else. I'll say that. Like, it would have been cool to see him retire his career there. But seeing him in a different jersey is just going to be wild, bro. Like... I'm so, especially that it's PSG, they're a super team, bro. Literally, they had probably the best transfer window, or one of the, since I've gotten into football, they've had the best transfer window that I've seen. They got Sergio Ramos, they got Hakimi, they got um, Messi, who else did they get? Those three are like the- Is, is there, oh, Donnarumma, however you say his name? Gianluigi Donnarumma. Literally, like, bro, they are insane. They're gonna have a front three of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Literally, like, come on, bro. And then whenever they get Ronaldo, they're gonna. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm what? Kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he, he's not sitting at the same table, bro. Please. You need to. We're not getting please, into please, Ronaldo please. hate again. Steven, but, when you when you saw the news that Messi was leaving, what was your reaction, bro? Man, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I thought it was fake too, just like Eric said. Just because, for me, in my eyes, with my with my novice level of uh, following soccer. And mess, with Messi, I look at him as the same way I looked at like Derek Jeter or like Kobe Bryant. I'm like, there's no way in hell they'll ever play for another team. Like it was just set in stone, you know. The same thing with Tom Brady. And then, and then you know, all hell broke loose for varying reasons in their different context. But um, remember, they were talking about Derek Jeter was splitting with going to the, to the Red Sox at the end of his career. I want to, I didn't believe that, and I'm glad it never happened. You know, they were talking about Kobe coming to the Bulls in what 2011 or 2010 or whatever. Glad that never happened. Didn't think the messy thing would happen. It actually did. You know, I'm, I, I was mind blown when I saw that it was like confirmed. I was like, wow, this is this is different. <laughs> this is different. Bro, it's just it's just crazy because like the messy news. Even though people say that soccer isn't a sport, they know what's going on. Like that's pretty crazy. Like think about. You know what I'm saying? And you had you had NASCAR teams recruiting him, F1 teams, NFL. Like they're like, oh, come play for us, this and that. Like it's pretty crazy the impact that one player can have. And Eric, I don't, did you see the exit interview that Messi had? Uh, no, but I saw all the pictures of it. I wanted to try and find it on YouTube, but I yeah, I'll send you. I'll yet. send you the link after the podcast. Yeah, so. I saw like all the pictures, and it looked it looked emotional. I'll say that the the translator was literally like losing his his voice. Like it was just it was just a very sad. So during the press oh, conference, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro, it was just during the press conference. Messi said that last year he wanted to leave, but this year he wanted to stay. Because last year there was problems with his father, problems with money, problems with the president. 
Um, and then he, the president, the ex-president said, the only way you could leave is if you take us to court and sue us for X amount of euros. And obviously he said, well, I'm not going to do that to my favorite club. So they held him as a prisoner. This year, given what happened in the season and given that he won his title with Argentina, he wanted to stay. So, like I said, rest in piss to Barcelona. I'm very happy for their downfall. It's going to see. It's gonna be so happy. I'm going to be so happy seeing them struggle all year round with that. Bro. Sorry, ass excuse of a coach. This is literally going to be y'all and Atletico at the top now, right now. I, I think like, might win the league because we're not we're not as good as. But like that's like because I don't think Barcelona they might finish third. I don't know though. Like they, I don't think it's a given that we finish top two either, bro. Honestly, I think it, I think it is. I'm gonna be honest. Like I think y'all are still that good. I think you're kind of sleeping in y'all's town a bit at this point. Losing Ramos is big, but y'all are still that team though. I can I can replace Ramos with me and and then literally imagine if y'all get Holland next year, bro. But I think we're still looking at Mbappe. Mbappe imagine you get Mbappe, Holland better, oh, whatever. That's oh beside the point. Yeah, I got Mbappe. That would be wow, oh my Because he, he even said he wants to wear the white of Real Madrid. So imagine because his idol is Ronaldo, so he's always wanted to play for the club. Oh, so you just love like him even more, huh? What, bro? I have an agenda against him. What? Stop. So the thing about Mbappe is, why would he want to leave a super team to play with like nine planks? That's what I don't understand. But I think, see, I think that all the moves they're making now might change that. But isn't Messi's deal only two years? Yeah. So I mean, who knows after that two years what happens? How I don't know how much longer Mbappe's contract is, but he hasn't renovated it. Oh shit! So this is his last year? Right. Damn, I don't know. Then that it's gonna be a crazy transfer window next year with Holland be... and Mbappe. Both up for grabs. Eh, One of them. I don't Y'all know. It. What you don't think Holland's gonna leave? I don't think. Eh, I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go to England. I think he wants to play for y'all, honestly. But but you guys. When you say this. when you say y'all, you mean Chelsea? Right. <laughs> yes. Why the bro? You guys, when you guys just signed Lukaku. That's why I don't think that's gonna happen. But he's going to Manchester y'all. United. Fuck no, bro. I'd be pissed. Bro, you know what's funny? So, United City and Chelsea got better, and Liverpool is just observing from the outside. Bro, in Tottenham, I don't know what they're doing. Arsenal, I don't they, really they know got, what they're doing. Well, Tottenham got Christian Romero, who Messi wanted at Barcelona, and then. He's, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think he put. Like, I think Tottenham was at a point where they needed a big transfer window, and they did not have. Bro, they, bro, because of Daniel Levy, he doesn't like spending money. That's what I'm saying. Like, it must suck to be a Tottenham fan. Thank God I didn't pick them as my team. <laughs> Thank God I didn't pick Arsenal either. Literally, you see Alex, the Warriors fan. He on Twitter, he always crying about being an Arsenal fan. And he literally goes, "All right, I'm leaving Arsenal. I'm becoming a Chelsea fan." And then Arsenal won a preseason match. He goes, "I'm back on the." <laughs> Bro, he's tripping. Yeah. He's tripping, dude. Like, I think the top four is pretty safe going to be Liverpool, Manchester, Manchester, and then... And Watford, I agree. I I saw... I don't remember who it was. He was talking about, like, the relegation battle. He literally said that he thinks all three promoted teams are going to get relegated. I doubt that happens. I think maybe maybe Leeds so finishes rare. top five. Maybe they finish top four. We'll see. I think Leeds has a decent team. Did you just, What did you just say? Leeds. Leeds is Leeds United. You said they finished top four? They could finish top five, I said, not top four. You think they get European football? You think they will finish fifth? No way they yeah, finish fifth. 
There's no way Leeds finishes fifth. You're tripping. They had a great, they had an okay year last year for it being their first year back. They, bro, I will bet you. Bro, Steven, I'm telling you, once you get into the sport like like Eric does, it's, you can talk about this shit till midnight. And now, look at that. Literally, it's not that bad either because I got into the sport a year ago and I already know more than Andres, so. When I was in my prime following soccer about three years ago, man, it was because of FIFA. We used to have FIFA tournaments in my dorm all the time. Their shit used to get intense, right? I fell in love, man. Like, I used to watch the games. Like, I watched the game for real. Like, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. I was like, never did I think I would get this into soccer, but I always respected it, obviously. I think it's the toughest sport to play still to this day. Um, but, you know, like, just playing a game and then actually watching them live and seeing the players, you know, play for real. Like, it was just, just different, man. It's different. Shout out Neymar one time. That's my favorite soccer player. <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. This man, this man Eric hates Neymar. What the hell? I have never said one bad word about Neymar. Don't miss me with that. Come on. Oh my God. Um, Eric, do you see do you see Messi going to PSG? Like that's the consensus, right? Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, I, what other team could even step in and stop that? So Chelsea, Chelsea could, but they just not Lukaku. Happen, but they just sang Lukaku. I mean, but they still have a lot. Of, I mean, they just sold Tammy Abraham too, so for 40 million yeah so i mean that helps that was a, that was a terrible negotiations by roma but terrible bro they could have come on i mean i don't know what they bro, bro roma could have offered 15 like 15 euros like not even million 15 and they probably would have taken it like i, I have to say though and this i know this is probably an unpopular opinion. i think he tammy abraham is underrated though people hate on him way too much he's good like he's still really good in my opinion he makes a lot of dumb mistakes but he also he is bad. My thing is, he's inconsistent, but when he is on, he is on, and people sleep on him too much. Like, literally, not the year before they got Timo and Kai Havertz, he was the reason pretty much why they got uh, Champions League football. He was part of the reason. Like, he was our top scorer. He scored like 15 goals, which is almost three times as many goals as any Chelsea player scored last year. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Gun to the head, Timo or Tammy? What did you say? Timo or Tammy? Gun- I'd rather have Timo. Oh, really? He pisses me <laughs> off a lot because my thing is, Timo, I think they are the exact opposite. Tammy, he can put the ball in the net, but he will not help any other way. Timo cannot put the ball in the net to save his life, but he will help in every <laughs> way. Like, they're the exact opposite, and it pisses me off. But yeah. And maybe Lukaku can be both of those at the same time. Absolutely. Um, Eric, any final words before we end this episode, sir? Um, just one more time, shout out USA for winning the gold medal battle. I was keeping up with it the whole time. Super close race, and I'm glad I kept up with the Olympics that much. It was so much fun. I hate that I have to wait three years, but at least it's only three years compared to the normal four, so. I mean, get it in Paris this time. Yes, sir. I know, better time zone for us, because that 14-hour difference for me was rough. Yeah, bro. You went to bed at, like, 2, and then wake up at 5, and then. Literally, I got no sleep. You were like a vampire song. Oh, I was. was I, I'd be up at 3 a.m. You were watching a sport. I'd be up at 6 a.m. You were going to work and you were still watching it. Like I don't know. I don't even know if you slept at all, honestly. It was crazy. Steven, any final thoughts before we wrap up episode 27? Yeah, shout out Allison Felix again, 11-time gold medalist. She went out on stopping that 4x4 relay as a second leg. Um, shout out for an amazing career as an amazing woman. Um, she did it the right way. You know, she paid her dues. She built her way up. Shout out her. Shout out the women's three on three team as well. A lot of people still kind of don't know too much about it. Um, obviously, being a fan of basketball and then the WNBA, I was following this. Shout out my girl Kelsey Plum again. She's really like that. 
She is like that. The Aces need to let her hoop and take her out to that box. Let her hoop. Um, and then shout out Book as well. You know, Book finally got him one, you know. His first time in the spotlight, he went and did what he did. Closed out the Lakers, made it to the finals in his first playoff appearance. And then went and got a gold medal in that all in the same year. You know, shout out that man as well. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. So before we leave, I got to give a shout out to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I cut ass a lot on Chris because he's very inconsistent in the playoffs, but he got himself a gold medal and an NBA championship in a two-week span. So shout out to Chris, shout out to Drew because his wife um, beat brain cancer and obviously he got traded to the Bucks in his first year and he won a championship and he won a gold medal and he was the best defender on, on the Team USA outside of Draymond, obviously. But that man Drew was... Like on ball defense, off ball defense, it was just special. Like he really annoyed a lot of defenders. And shout out to Kevin Durant for finally leading a team full of scrubs and not leading a super team to the championship. <laughs> Steven, I appreciate you coming on, my guy. It means a lot to us. Hope you had fun. I appreciate y'all for the opportunity, man. If y'all want to run it back anytime, just let me know. Yes, Hell yeah. sir. Sure. This has been everything for episode 27 of Sports Fellas Podcast. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Continue to stay safe. Continue to social distance. Wear a mask. Whatever you got to do to protect yourself. And don't be a jackass to people. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Yeah.